0: Hey, everybody. Russ here. Just want to let you know that we had such a great time recording this week's episode that it actually ended up going for about two hours long. We had special guest Nick, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose, join us. And so we have decided to, t- to actually turn this into two parts. The first part will be... Um, Played for you right now. And then next week, we'll continue where we left off. So, this particular episode is going to focus on us catching up with each other and then going right into our topic of the day talking about the packaging and box art of the Xbox Series X and the PS5, the impressions, hands on, of course of the consoles themselves as well as the controllers. And then we'll break at that point and continue it next week with what our thoughts are regarding the experience transferring data between the older systems and the new systems, the you know kind of the contrast uh, and updates for the dashboard UI systems as well as the games of course, you know, probably one of the most important aspects to these new systems. So we're going to be covering that next week. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live, Stevovich. And we have a special guest making a triumphant return to the program in the very handsome, debonair, and dare I say, muscular, Nicholas, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose. And the next generation of gaming has arrived here in episode 199 today, November 14th, 2020. We're going to be catching up with each other before we go right into our topic of the day, which is the Xbox Series X and PS5 hands-on impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in this episode section of iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Nick,
1: welcome back
0: to the program.
1: It is good to be back with my bros. I must say, I'm happy to be here and excited to talk about uh, these consoles.
0: Yes, it seems very uh, surreal, I would say, that we've been waiting for as long as we have, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're, they're here.
2: <laughs> I believe last time we were talking about them, uh, we were given our predictions and stuff that we wanted. Wasn't that back in like April? It was a while ago. A while mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. 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 Just,
0: time has flown, which is weird because 2020 <laughs> has just been nuts. It's been absolutely Stupid. ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yeah, strike, so.
1: strike this year from the history books. They should just gloss right over this. Yeah, Just, just don't and even that, go there. The, <laughs> the year that shall not be <laughs> named. Yeah, that was it's, that's it's that's the what Baltimore's in, of years.
2: That's what happened in 2019. Moving on to 2021, uh, this is what happened. Wait, teacher, <laughs> what happened in 2020? We don't talk about that. Yeah. We Shh. don't dare mention 2020 anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get an F for the day. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry.
1: There's going to be all these kids wondering like what the great secret was, like the the incredible conspiracy that happened in 2020 only to find out. No, it was just a bad year. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. No, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. Sean Connery, rest in peace.
0: We we actually dedicated our previous episode to remembering Sean Connery. Nick, you'll have to listen to it if you haven't already.
1: I am aware of that. Yeah, that was classy. <laughs> good classy man. call. Classy call.
0: So, Nick, uh, d- you know, aside from you receiving the uh, the Xbox Series X, uh, have you been playing anything fun this past week, or, or seen any movies, watching any TV?
1: Uh, yeah, I finally got around to starting The Mandalorian, which is oh, funny good man. Because I'm, yeah, I'm a big Star Wars guy. I love Star Wars, but I don't know what it was just you know everything going on with you know, this year and COVID and life, for whatever reason, TV kind of fell on the back burner for me with everything else going on. And, uh, even though I've had the Disney plus for almost a year now, I hadn't even touched it, you know? And so I finally started, started watching that. And I dig the whole kind of spaghetti Western style of that show. Like I had to explain to my wife, she's like, this is kind of slow. I'm like, dude, this is like hearkening back to like John Ford films and like old John Wayne. Like this is a spaghetti Western, like hands down, totally what it is. And uh, then she, she started to get into it, but I just, just started season two. I think I'm on the second or third episode so far of season two. Really enjoying that. So that's been great. Uh, As far as games, I jumped back into Borderlands three since they had their new DLC come out with uh, the new uh, skill trees. And I've been in, been enjoying that. And that's actually one of the few games that actually is day one upgraded, got in a series X upgrade and S upgrade. So I had a chance to see kind of what that was about as well. Although for whatever reason, whenever these games come out with new stuff anymore, they come with their share of bugs. Oh and, yeah. And it definitely has some bugs. Does some weird stuff. Like it doesn't remember your, uh, it doesn't remember any of your video settings except for whether you chose performance or resolution, which now with the Series X, I just always choose resolution because it's powerful enough. It can handle uh, yeah. running at a high frame rate. So I choose resolution. It remembers that, but it doesn't remember like your, your screen boundaries. So fitting it to your screen, it uh, doesn't remember whether you want it to do uh, horizontal or vertical for your split screen modes. Because I've been getting uh, my wife to start playing it, of all things, which has been fun. And uh, what was the other thing nice. that doesn't do? There's a couple other weird <laughs> things that have to do with, you know, uh, the oh, it doesn't remember the, the nits that you put it at for brightness. Mm. So you have to go in and change all your HDR settings every single time you play.
2: That's stupid. Nick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of dumb. Weird oversight. Get your Q&A on that gearbox. Write that down. Anyway, that. Anyway, down. Yeah, write that down. But yeah, I've been playing that, been uh, dabbling in Diablo cuz the new season for Diablo 3 is about to start and as you know, I do love me some Diablo. So I've been Diablo thinking around cuz I've also been getting my wife to play that. Started her easy on Minecraft dungeons, so it's like uh, ARPG uh, light, and now I'm graduating her to the big boys. Well, guy me Diablo impressed. 3.
0: I got to say, you, you must teach me your wily ways because I would love for that to happen in my household. And so far, I
2: have been um, It's All it is all it is is Nick playing video games in a Speedo and did, him, him inviting his wife over to play. I was just about overplayed. to say, it involves no
1: shirt and a loincloth, <laughs> and then you got it. That's, that's exactly that's. what I was going to say. Lubed up it. in some banana oil. Yeah.
2: Oil me up, woman. <sighs> baby. <laughs> want to play some video games? I'm ready. Mm.
1: <laughs> I've been working on the Thumbialis muscle. It's this little one right here where there's veins at in my thumb. Watch me relax it. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super hot. So Wrap those hands of yours around my joystick.
2: It's, like, huh? All right. it's so much fun. I brought some friends. Oh, oh. wait, what? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll put the shirt back on. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh, um i got something
1: i gotta do that i need to sweep the f- kitchen floor yeah Bye <laughs> bye yeah, anything that's, else no, that, okay. that, that's pretty much been it just been a of course i've been try- shooting up a couple different of uh titles on on the x uh matter of fact i'm loading up some today unfortunately i didn't get them uh loaded on because that's another thing i'll talk about later the size of the ssd yes um but I uh, was loading up a couple of older games because I want to see how this auto HDR works. And I've gotten to see it in a couple titles. I'm looking to try it out in a couple more. Uh, and that's been pretty interesting. But yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it.
0: Oh, I look forward to the said
2: talkage. Steve, how about you? What, what, what's new in your uh, world? Well, I beat full throttle and I... um. Oh wow, that didn't take long at all. Well, great I I, game. I thought the game was actually longer, to be honest. I, I was playing it, and then I I thought, okay, I know what happens after here. I know what happens after here. Know what happens after here, and then I don't have any other memory of what happens like further on. I remember I, I back in the day borrowed I borrowed it from a friend of mine, and I think I thought I had to give him the game back. And so I get all the way up like towards the end, and, he, and then um, main character saying. I, oh, I, we gotta get my, uh, my my gang out of the out of jail. You gotta, you know, do this, that, and the other, and you know whatnot. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. So there's more to the game, and then the ending happens, and I go, that's it. Like this is literally like a two hour game, and that's it. Like, yeah,
0: games have come a long way since then. I mean, I think Full Throttle came out back in like what 1994.
1: Is that right? Or 93, oh, gosh, yeah. 94? As I say we were in we were in high school. I'm positive. I think yeah, maybe 94 or 95.
2: Maybe, yeah. maybe it was around there. Freshman mm.
1: year maybe, sophomore possibly.
2: Yeah. Um, Woo! anyhow, I discovered that you can flip back and forth from how the game used to look versus how, you know, Flying polished it up. And uh, it's it's quite it's quite a difference. I'll have to send you some pictures like before and after pictures. I went back and forth took some I have to send them to you. Um, but other than that, I, um, I played more Ghost of Tsushima. I figured I'd, i Twitch a little more cause I was having problems with Twitch before. So yeah. I, I went, I went back on, um, later in the week and, uh, play a little bit more. And I, I basically got through a lot of like the, the, the strongholds, uh, that you have to get through. I don't really part of the story, but I figured I'd just do that so I could focus more on the story when I Twitch. Um, and so everything worked just fine that time. So I don't know what happened. I think I think you booted me off by accident, <laughs> last time, Russ. That's why. Maybe
0: I so. That. Was this? So were you twitching last night? Yes, I was. Russ. Okay, okay. Because so I, I think Wednesday was when I, like, we we think I booted you off, right? Or right. was that last week?
2: No, uh, that was that was this week, Russ. That was this uh, week. Yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> so, sorry
0: about that. <laughs>
2: anyhow, that was uh, freaking fantastic. Um, love the game. Anyway, um, then I watched I I you know what I found a free movie on on Amazon Prime that I've already seen, but it, I it was worth another whirl, uh another go-round. But uh The Insider with Al Pacino and uh Russell Oh yeah,
0: Crow. mm-hmm. Russell Crowe.
2: Freaking phenomenal movie. I forgot how good I knew it was a good movie, but it's been so long since I've saw it. Or seen it, watched it, and um, I forgot how good it was, but man, it was that good. That was awesome. Um, My wife and I started watching it, and she kind of started falling asleep in the first quarter, and so then she goes to bed, and I keep watching it, of course, and um, the following day, she goes, so what happened in the movie? I'm like, I have got to show you a couple scenes of this show, and so I kind of gave her the the backstory and everything, and um, she was pretty hooked after that, so I watched it once. And a half times this week, basically. (laughs) Uh huh. Anyhow, um, that's where I'm at, Russ. Oh, okay. Uh, well, in terms of
0: my world, um, I did um think it was it was uh, important to mention that I heard that Alex Trebek passed away from stage four cancer. Yeah. And um, it was to me it, it it struck me because of the close timing between him passing away and Sean Connery passing away, which is funny because I don't think the men really have like any kind of like close friendship or anything like that. But I was thinking more along the lines of how their personas live on an in infamy on Saturday night live. And some of the most funniest bits from SNL are the whole Alex Trebek versus Sean Connery scenes, Oh, gosh, and I yeah. thought, man, isn't that weird how like both of these gentlemen passed away basically within a week of each other? And um and I, I was thinking to myself about how awesome it would be for SNL to actually have like one entire show just dedicated to those two characters as like a proper send-off for those those two guys who quite honestly are responsible for some of the most memorable um, episodes on SNL. I I just, I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but I I would really appreciate it if they did and have the same actors come back and reprise their roles and, and that sort of thing. But one other um, note I wanted to make about Alex Trebek, he was one of those types of TV personalities that we all grew up with. Like he, he has been on TV our entire lives Mm -hmm. and as a result, he is a staple of entertainment. And as it applies to more of like that family entertainment, he was those like one of those types of people where everybody liked him. I don't think I ever saw any kind of news article where someone had some sort of disparaging remarks to make about the man or someone thought he was rude on the, on the show or what have you. He, he was just such a likable person. And he enjoyed his job. He he was doing Jeopardy for, I don't even know how many years, like 30 years at least, if not more. And so it, it was really interesting for me to kind of take a moment and, Think back on that. And, you know, for me, like, I was never um, some sort of die-hard Jeopardy fan. It's not like I I watched the show. I respected the format and the programming of it. Anytime it came on, I mean, it it was one of those shows where I realized I was not really smart enough to, like, engage with it. (laughs) You had these people who were all the contestants who were, like, way smarter than I was. So, anyway, did you guys have any comments about that?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he was on...
2: Sorry, Nick. He was on Jeopardy for 37 seasons. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Long time. So pretty much a majority of our lives. I'm 42. So yeah, he's been a staple pretty much that whole time. Yeah. No, to the SNL thing. I haven't watched SNL in years, but if they did an entire episode dedicated to Celebrity Jeopardy with with Sean Connery, Alex Trebek, I'm watching it. Those are some of my favorites favorite. They're so yes. dang funny. So good. You
0: and I had some, some roarously laughing occasions watching those episodes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You'll rue the day you crossed me, Trebek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. But, uh, yeah, no, but it's interesting. You know, we're, we're getting to that time in our lives, oddly enough, cause we're not getting younger guys where we're starting to see generational people that have been in our lives in some form or another. Uh, for the entirety or close to it, pass away. And I had a friend of mine who's a little bit older than I am, who's in her 60s, that said that in some ways for our generation, it was kind of like what Johnny Carson was to theirs. uh, Sure. He passed because he was always on, you know, the the late night show. And uh, she said it's probably a similar thing. And it is interesting because, yeah, he has been this consistent thing in our lives. And, you know, Jeopardy is one of those shows where I'm sure there's probably people out there who definitely – you know religiously watch it but it's one of those shows where if you were just piddling around on the tv back when that was a thing and you happened upon it and nothing was on you're probably going to sit there and watch it yeah because alex trebek was naturally funny he had good comedic timing with his contestants uh the the information is always interesting and and, and unlike you where it might have been above your level <laughs> mr rose <laughs> is full of useless knowledge i remember Woo! things yeah, I'm kind of like the, the Tyrion of Jeopardy. I drink and I know things. Actually, I don't drink anymore. But anyway, I know things. I know tons of random facts, which is you why- You would be really good at that show. I don't have a better job, but I can give you all the random facts you want in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm not building a rocket ship, but yeah, <laughs> there you have it. So I've always enjoyed Jeopardy because it's one of those shows that would come on and like, I, I don't know, I, I, I like brain teasers and that's what a lot of it is kind of like, Oh, do you know this thing about this? What, what sort of things do you remember? You know? And it's like, okay, let's harken back to all the different things I've watched in documentaries and history class and bloody blah, blah. And I'm amazed at what I can still remember even as an old man. But, uh, I, I always enjoyed that part of the show kind of like having to dig into the recesses of your brain and, uh, see what you could pull out and see if, uh, you actually remember anything from all those things you watched or all those classes you went through. And, uh, He'll be missed. He he was uh, definitely an icon. I've heard rumors supposedly that they might try and get the the one guy who like was on and kept winning for like forever. I think it was his name. Ken, I think. <laughs> uh, they might try and get him to take over as being the host. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoever. The, I'm, I probably have his name wrong. Like I said, I'm not a religious watcher, but I'm definitely an admirer. Um,
2: yeah.
1: But the guy who just kept winning for forever, he was on that like super long streak. Uh, supposedly, there's there's talks that they might try and talk him into taking over his host, and that would be a, a good passing of the torch, I think.
0: Well, and, and there are a couple of anecdotes uh, I wanted to share with you. One of which is that he's Canadian, which I had no idea. I thought he was American. He's a Canadian. Eh? Yeah, he is indeed. Eh, uh, and the other item is that apparently, according to his producers, that uh, his his last day. Uh, which, is, which is sad to even hear those words be uttered. But um, he actually had a really nice um, last day where he, I think he had talked about uh, what he would like to do ideally, um, which is he, he just wanted to be with his wife and uh, watch, I think it was like a, either a sunrise or a sunset or something like that. And he got to do that. He was at his house uh, on his backyard porch they have uh, one of those swings, um, those like bench swings that are attached to the, the house. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them were just laying there watching um, the the sun either rise or set. I can't remember which one it was. And he passed away peacefully right there. So oh, really man. glad that it wasn't in a hospital, you know, or, or um, some other type of dire circumstances or what have you. And I think that that sounded like a, a pretty swell way to, to say goodnight, so... Um, really a lot lot of respect in that regards and and I think and it's it's one of the things I wanted to, to point out that you said Nick is he is a lot like Johnny Carson I, I totally um, I totally agree with that in the sense that he is a bridge builder between people you know especially in today's world where there's so much polarization going on it doesn't matter what the subject material is or what the interest levels are, or whatever it is, there are certain people who have the ability to just cross aisles effortlessly and win people over in terms of having mutual respect, mutual friendship, that sort of thing. And I really do feel like Alex Trebek was like Johnny Carson in that regard, where it didn't matter what you, your background was or where you came from, whatever. It's like you hear the name Alex Trebek and people's faces just light up. And they're like, oh yeah, Alex Trebek. And I think it's, it's, it's something of value because even for folks like myself who never watched Jeopardy, again, I find it fascinating that I have that type of response. So... Figured I would just add that in there. Anyway, um, moving on from there, I I too was watching Mandalorian Season 2. I'm, I'm making my way through Episode 3 right now. I'm very happy that it's back. Steve and I talked a bit about that uh, last episode. Um, in terms of my Xbox Series X, so I have, in fact, ordered one through the Microsoft Store. However, it has been stuck on a pending status. They've already, you know, taken the money, but in terms of it actually coming out this way, Thank it has you. not, in fact, shipped. <laughs> apparently, Lovely I'm enough. not the I'm not the only one either. There, there's this uh, growing list of people who have the same situation because they ordered through the Microsoft Store. The latest information is that apparently this batch isn't going to go out until December 23rd. Oh. <laughs> Despite the fact that the website said November, I think 12th or 13th. I can't remember which day it was, but yeah, the, 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 that's the word on the street. So luckily we have Nicholas who was able to, to, to get one, uh, uh, physically. So that's good. I'm coming over.
1: Yes. I showed up in the aforementioned loincloth shirtless and they were like, you may have this.
2: (laughs) We were saving this for
0: somebody (laughs) else. We were saving this for Phil Spencer, but, uh,
2: no. P3 step aside. Please
1: leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just go.
2: <laughs> now,
1: I got um, lucky in that pre-order process. I'll tell you what, that was an adventure.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so, and, and some people really did, which, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that a bit later. But, like, um, yeah, f- for those who were able to score it, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that, that at least some folks are, are able to enjoy it now. I have also continued playing uh, through Final Fantasy VII Remake. I made it through past that tower I was telling you about, Steve. And so I'm, I'm, but yeah, I'm still in. Uh, I, I can never remember the name. Is it Midgard? It's Midgard, right? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what it is. Yep,
1: yep. Okay. So I'm still in that. that do you even uh, Final that Fantasy, that bro? What's that? So do you even Final Fantasy, bro? N- okay, so normally
0: <laughs> don't I don't. Midgard. Steve's Steve's the one who's the Final Fantasy uh, I'm, hardcore I'm, player. I'm <laughs> I'm getting my feet wet. Uh, We're proud of you. Okay. Oh, thanks. And to round out some things, I I have continued playing Legends of Runeterra. I have not seen either one of you on there for actually, shame. I was I on miss last you. night.
2: I was on last night, Russ. Sorry. Whatever. You were not on there. I <laughs> was well, actually. Well, maybe not late last night, but like late evening, I should say.
0: <sighs> my friends list is constantly zero. What the heck, uh, like my man? My
2: thumb hovered
1: over the icon. <laughs> yeah,
0: here. Ah, ah, ah. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So let's, um, segue into our topic of the day, which is the Xbox series X and PS five hands-on impressions. So what I thought would be fun to do is to kind of take more of a, a, um, itemized categorical approach. So that way we can directly compare things one at a time. And, uh, I'm looking at this here. Um I say let's start I off with consoles. Say. And uh oh. who who wants to go first? I will just say that. Who wants to go first?
2: Uh Russ, where's your manners? Nick, please go first. He's our Nick. guest. Nick. He's our guest.
0: Well, I didn't want to put him on the spot,
2: but Nick, yes. Nick, you're going first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna.
1: <laughs> That's completely fine.
0: So in terms of like like the the footprint, the look of it, the design um just more of like the the peripherals of the peripheral. Give us the lowdown, Nick, because we don't have a physical version of the Xbox Series X in our hot little sweaty hands.
1: Radio. Well, I think I'll start actually with the packaging. Um Ooh. No, no, no. We're going to do packaging later oh you are huh yes so you just want how i feel about the black brick
0: actually you know what you know okay let's do this let's instead of doing consoles first let's do packaging box art first and then we'll go into consoles next because that that does make more sense because that's the first thing that you did see and then we'll continue so nick please tell us about your first impressions regarding the box art
1: I really liked it. It, um, As we know (laughs) from having seen the previews of these things, Microsoft took a minimalist approach to the design of the box itself. And there was a bit of that in the packaging. Uh, You know, it just had, you know, a picture of the, oddly enough, they've really focused on that top vent with its green highlights Mm-hmm. Uh, um they had that on the outside of the box as kind of the wraparound and then on the very back and this is a sweet bit of irony or maybe not a sweet bit maybe it's more depressing bit but on the back of course <laughs> they've got a big picture of master chief and as we know the uh halo infinite was supposed to ship as a day one title for the xbox as its killer app and they screwed and- the pooch on that one yeah, sounds like they're having some issues. Been a lot of turnover there. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, I personally, just a side, little side note here, was not a big fan of the fact that they ch- went back to a simplistic graphics style that looked very akin to the Xbox original version of Master Chief and Halo. I, I prefer the, the glitzier, shinier style, the more sci-fi style of Halo 5. But that aside, that's not what we're here to talk about. Anyway, um, yeah, it had kind of a minimalist approach. It, it in some ways kind of reminded me of um, the way that, that Apple does things where it's kind of like here's this simple box. There's a little bit of icons and um, you know, and, and it has its color palette that is the Xbox color palette of black and green. And aside from that big picture Master Chief on the back, it was pretty simplistic, but then you opened the box up and that's where I really thought that I liked the way they styled it. You opened it up and it's sitting in there and the box is basically the same shape as the Xbox series X itself. So it's a big rectangle, big brick. Mm. And you open it up and the, and the Xbox is sitting there wrapped up in a, in a, you know, styrofoam cloth, tightly wrapped. So it's just this big black gray brick. Blackish gray. And then in the back, right behind it, were a couple of boxes that held the controller and the you know, operator's manual, you know, and all the legal paperwork. And that part just opened up. So you just open this thing up like a chest, and then those things were sitting right there, and it's sitting right there, and everything can just pull right out. And it was just really nice and very organized. And for people who uh, might be traveling, with their box. If you, you know, you're taking on business trips or you're over to friends' houses or wherever, you know, you may be going. Uh, I would recommend actually keeping the box as a way of, st- of storing it for travel. It, it's, oh. it's really easy to reuse. Um, the way that they did the packaging made, made it a, a good place to, to put the thing if you were going to go somewhere with it um, to keep it safe. And it's easy to get it in and out. Sometimes these consoles, once you pull them out, it's like, okay, I got to get this thing just right. Sh- shove these things just right there to get all this stuff back in. But you could easily throw that box the controller and the wires over in the other little holder, close it up and off you go. And so I thought that that was a really interesting design choice. Cause I mean, you don't have to do that. You could just make a box that just slides out with the console like they typically are like what you would see with like a computer monitor and that would be completely fine. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that they put a lot of thought into the packaging itself um, beyond just this is the thing that holds the, you know, $600 item you just bought.
0: One of the things that I'm always a fan of that I appreciate when it comes to thoughtful packaging, and, and Apple is like one of the best at this. Um, but the the card stock or the the paper stock that they use um, in terms of, of the the surface texture, that's something that that always leaves a lasting impression. I know anytime I buy a new iPhone, um, they they really have this nice feel to the the, the, the box or, or even some of the, the the inside partitions and that sort of thing. Did you have that with the Xbox?
1: Yes. It's it's a it's a good quality box. It's it's got a nice thick and sturdy feel to it. Does
0: it have that kind of like silky softness that sometimes you feel on certain stocks?
1: Yeah, kind of like a satin finish kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I'd say it's it's pretty similar. That's why I say it immediately reminded me of Apple. Immediately. Okay. Um, very similar, just fit finish and also the thought that went into how they place everything inside the packaging itself.
0: I've seen pictures of what you're describing and, and it does look cool uh, when it came to the the PS5. So the, the box itself on the outside, um, it's got some some nice box art to it in terms of like what the system looks like and has some clean fonts and that sort of thing. But the box itself, I was surprised at how like kind of much of an afterthought it was because you you open up the the external portion and the by the way the external portion of the box is very thin. The paper stock they used was not like some sort of really sturdy cardboard thickness. It was actually uh, really thin, like like really flexible. Um, it's just, I was, I was very surprised that they chose that. And then when you were, were pulling out kind of like the little tray that houses the, the controller and the power supply cable and the ethernet cable, HDMI cable, a lot of fun stuff that was like as basic as you could get. Like, like there was no presentation to that tray at all. It fun, you know, the functionality of it was there. Like the utility of like, Oh, here are the different slots for the different items were well laid out. But in terms of the presentation, I was like, wow, this is bare bones. And I took that out. And then underneath that was the system. And it was just held in place within the box by these two like cardboard type of uh, footers, if you will, that, that kind of slide onto either side and, and help to support the system inside the box. And that was it, like like very plain Jane. And I was surprised about that because first of all the the design and the console which we'll get to in just a sec is very much the opposite of that like you could tell sony was very intentional with making their design very stylish very like you know opposite from being minimalist design so I was surprised that the same amount of thought or or the approach itself didn't carry over to the box so it sounds like microsoft had a better presentation with the overall box art itself. Now going into the consoles, like like you mentioned, Nick, um, the Xbox Series X has a very decidedly minimalist approach in terms of, of a more of like kind of a rectangle, mini fridge uh, type of look with the concave top. But in a, in a way though, like, like as I look at it, I do find it very appealing. I think it's a very clean design. I think it's neat in terms of how it is very fitting for the Xbox brand. Um, but I'd like to, to know more about nice. just more of the smaller things that, that you notice. Like, like when you, in terms of, of like the top, for instance, like, is there a green light inside the Xbox that turns on that you could see through the vent at the top? Or is that just for marketing pictures?
1: It's purely for marketing, which actually I was kind of disappointed about, to be honest. I think that would have been a nice touch that would have looked really cool. I mean, when you consider the way that a lot of people like to soup up their high-end PCs, uh, a big part of that often is lighting. So I I was disappointed to see that. However, if you are standing up and walking by the box itself, you see it. It's bright green and it it pops. You you notice it and it catches the eye. But uh, I I think that's a missed opportunity there uh, on the lighting side of things.
0: So in terms so, so there is a green color within the vent. Is that right?
1: Yes. So as you look into it, so it's got the, the little vent holes there and then just recessed into that is uh, a green coloring. So green plastic, I'm assuming, um, that's just inside the top and they, they aren't immediately at the top. So it goes down and it's black for probably a quarter of an inch. And then it's, it's the green for the rest of the way around the circles of each vent. And so, yeah, so if you're looking at it like almost straight on or you can just barely see it, it just looks black. But if then if I were to stand up right now and look down at it, you would see the green because it's in there recessed. So it is kind of a nice little visual cue when you notice it. But yeah, in in some ways, I do feel kind of like because they didn't go the lighting um, option there. Yeah, it, it could be better. I, I, I like lights. I ain't gonna lie. I'm like a neon freak. I'm like, let's let's light things up. It's Christmas time. Practically. I, I jumped to the gun before Thanksgiving this year. I've got the tree up. I've got the lights out. I love lights. I'm about lights. Well, and, and especially
0: when it comes to the Xbox Series X, because they have been marketing it with what appeared to be um, a, a green light that was that was emitting from within, I think that that would have really played nicely. And you can tell that that was kind of what they were going for because of the green color within the vent system itself. And I'm with you, Nick. I, I would have really appreciated the showmanship side of that where like if they had some sort of LED light or whatever in there that could illuminate when you powered on your system, it would just give that much more of a presence, I feel like. And it wouldn't have to be like super bright, but just like, like for instance, if you're playing in a darkened room And you have like this nice glow coming from the top of where the vent is on your Xbox Series X. I think that would look pretty sexy.
1: Completely agree. I I really do think it was a missed opportunity. And I do wonder about some of the advertising, like why they show things like that when there is nothing actually like that inside the machine itself. Uh, Real quick, since we're on the lighting thing, does the PS5 have a blue light that goes all the way around it? it does see yes (laughs) yeah um, they got it they figured it out well yeah
0: i can i just texted you nick a couple pictures of what the the ps5 looks like in terms of the box and then the the system and and it, it is in fact a big boy and i want to bring steve back into the fold here because this is where he was able to experience some of this but um before i do that i'll just briefly describe so the, the system itself is big like, like it is the hands down biggest console I've ever seen and um, but what I think is cool is that as I look at it in person there is a lot to appreciate in terms of the industrial design of the system and you know in pictures and whatnot I've been teasing it as I mean it looks like a modem and and it's st- <laughs> and it still kind of does like even when you have it in hand but it not not nearly like as much as you as when you're looking at it in pictures and stuff. But the the presentation of it, I mean, it, it is very much um not ostentatious per se, but I would say it definitely like it's it's kind of like like a Lamborghini, right? Where like when you see a Lamborghini, it's designed to really like grab your attention. Design and, a
2: pop. What's that, Steve? Designed to pop,
0: yeah, it's designed to pop. But one of the things that I think is very, very cool is that there is, in fact, this nice um, ring of light that that goes along the contours of the center part of of that 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 is black. You know, so so the 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 um, outside portions, the fins, if you will, um, that are white. You have a kind of a a rougher texture to it. And then the the black portion in the center is more of that kind of semi-glossy to glossy uh, black plastic that's there. But what's nice is that in the corners where the black meets the white, you have, and you can't even tell where it is, but it does in fact emit this really nice color and the color changes based on what's going on. So like when you first boot up the PS5, you get that, that trademark Sony blue color. And again, it's just that nice glow and it comes on. You're like, Ooh, that I didn't expect that. That's cool. And what was interesting is like when I was playing different games, um, for instance, like Marvel's Avengers, uh, if I'm playing as, as a uh, uh, Miss Marvel, what's interesting about that is, so her main color that that was appearing on like the PS4 controller was this gold color, right? Because of like the the kind of the lightning strike insignia on on her outfit. Well, what's cool is is that they've carried that over into the controller, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But they but it also carries over to the PS5s. Um, system itself. So as I'm playing that particular game and I'm playing as her, the color on the PS five updates to that gold color, which I think is really cool. Like, like that is a, a, a nice touch. I must say.
1: That's really cool. I yeah like that a lot. That's, that's very thoughtful.
0: Mm-hmm. Steve, what'd you think when you first saw it?
2: I thought it was very pleasant. Um, I was always thinking when I get my PS five, I'm just going to put it behind the TV and, you know, cause it's so large that I don't. It's, it it looks cool, but it's kind of an eyesore in a way. I mean, if it was smaller with that same design, I think it would look a lot better. But just being so large, it, it's not really something that necessarily fits with <laughs> the entertainment system. So you would definitely uh,
0: need like like an entertainment center, like some sort of like lower uh, type of tabletop desk situation in order to make it work because. I think in a lot of situations like mine, it, it's, it, there's no real like appropriate place to put it.
2: Right. So, and, and to be honest too, you know, when you were, you said earlier how it looks like a modem, I always thought that as well, looking at the pictures. But then when I went to your house to see it, the first item that came to mind was an air purifier. <laughs> it looks like, it looks like <laughs> an air purifier that I have in my room. Like, oh, hi. it's a modem. And an air purifier with a gaming system, man, Sony knocked it out of the park <laughs> um <laughs> but I also thought you know this this system was definitely designed to stand vertically. I mean it would look really odd and probably a bit ugly if it was if it was laying down horizontal i mean horizontal, I would think you you would have you know more linear um uh, shapes Instead of, you know, these lines kind of going opposite directions, you know, towards the end with, you know, then kind of coming in a different spot in the middle and then the disk drive. And then it looks really, I think it would look kind of odd laying on its side. So I really do think it was meant to be uh, standing up. I The lights, it it, it does make sense to me why they would include it in the system, only because with the regular PlayStation controller, you know, they do have different LEDs that pop in and pop out, you know, depending on what you're doing in the game. So it would make sense why they would transfer it to the system. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'll put mine like closer down like on the ground or something because the system's going to keep itself pretty darn cool, especially when it's on that stand, too. It's not going to be sinking in anywhere. Um, so, and, and I do want to see the lights. I mean, I'm kind of like Nick in that regard. I, mean, yeah. I don't want to hide the thing. Uh, I do want to see it, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But...
0: And it, it came with this little um, circular black foot that you can attach either to the side that makes it um, taller or like, like basically, if it, you know, regardless of, of whether you want to have it be horizontal or vertical, there's this like, um, kind of stabilizer, uh, circular black foot thingy that you can attach, but I haven't done it yet. And you don't have to have it on there if you don't want to, they, they added it in, but it is kind of cumbersome. I will say like looking at, I'm like, man, I don't even know how this is supposed to go on. So I I am going to look into it and see just because it probably would make sense. And what's nice is that that foot does, at least from the pictures I've seen, it helps to make it almost seem like the system is levitating off the surface a little bit, which I think is a nice little touch. Um, now, going from that to the controllers, um, so this is something that I know all three of us, like every time there is um, the ushering in of the next generation of consoles, one of the the biggest aspects to feeling like, like you are experiencing a next generation, um, experience like, like it's, it's the controller itself. And so Nick, for you, when you have the, the, the Xbox series X controller, do you notice a change up in terms of the ergonomics of the controller or, or is it mostly the same? Because I know, um, the Xbox one controller for, I think a lot of folks, I mean, it, it is like the de facto standard when it comes to comfortability.
1: So it is pretty much standard issue. They did make it a tiny bit smaller, which I am not happy about. I have huge hands. And it's one of the reasons I've complained about the PS5 controller uh, or the, pardon me, the PS PlayStation controllers in general, from what I understand, the PS5 controller is actually pretty big. Yeah, it is. uh, They, they keep shrinking it. They, they keep making them a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. And for someone like myself who has large hands, like I, I'm getting cramps. Like even my Xbox, um, elite version two makes my hands cramp and it's a little bit bigger than mm. the, the new controller. The, the share button is kind of cool. It's the, the little thing that they added into the controller that didn't exist on the previous edition. Um, they also added some texturing to the back of the handles. So it for being that it's all plastic, there's no rubberized grip. It does give it a tactile, um, sensation that makes it so it's less likely to slip out of your hands. And I wouldn't say that it's necessarily an uncomfortable controller, but I do have to do weird things with my, my pinkies where I kind of brace them on the bottom of the arms for the controller to kind of balance it in my hands Uh, because my, my hands no longer fit just holding the kind of like,
2: uh, uh, I don't know what
1: you call them handles. I guess we'll just go for lack of a technical term. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if you like the Xbox controller, if you've liked the Xbox controller since basically 360 till uh, current iteration, you're going to be very comfortable. It's going to feel very familiar. Everything's in the same place. Uh, Basically, they did the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The changes were quite minimal, mostly texture and a tiny bit of uh, size reduction.
2: That, That just means you have to stretch a little bit before playing games, Nick, not to get so many cramps. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, got, got to bring yeah, the workout so. mentality into all things. Make, make sure your, your hands are limber in your fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> Stick them in a sauna. <laughs> Just the hands though. Not the rest of me.
2: Yeah. Hand saunas.
0: Write that down. You got, you got one of those Asian cloths that are like <laughs> drenched in some sort of perfume. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what it is, but it's the kind of things that you use on flights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you like one, sir? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Thank you. When it comes to the uh, the PS5 controller, this actually, to me so far, is the star of the show for uh, the PS5. Um, the, the PlayStation controller is interesting to me. It's had an interesting evolution in the sense that I, I've always thought that the controller itself was pretty solid, but I feel as though from the PS2... Until the PS4, um, they really didn't do a whole lot differently with it. They had some subtle changes and that sort of thing. But o- overall, like it was very much the same type of controller, which I found to be disappointing just because Microsoft was really um, upping the game with just being able to dial in the, the ergonomics of the controller, which is a big deal. If you're playing for hours on end, you want to have a controller. that's not going to make your hands cramp up and so forth truth and and it was interesting to me how sony seemed to not really do a whole lot which i mean to me was surprising because when the original playstation controller came out and especially when they introduced like the dual shock controller there was a lot to it that was very new for its time i mean like the like having the vibrations in the controller i i want to say i think the playstation Uh, controller the ps1 controller was the first controller to really implement that in which i remember playing like metal gear solid for instance and having those types of experiences with the the rumble feature in the controller that completely introduced a new uh layer of immersion and then you know the other consoles and stuff they they caught up to it and i don't recall if the original xbox controller also had the, the the vibration or not I don't know if that if they did that for the Xbox 360 or if they a- always had it with the original. Do you guys re- recall that?
1: I uh, want to say that they did, but I'm not sure. Because, I mean, the original Xbox controller was the Duke. Right. Which was that huge behemoth thing, which I loved, by the way, except for the button layout. If they could change the button layout of the current controller and put that button layout on a Duke... Like, that's the perfect controller for me because, like I said, my, hand, my hands are massive. Right, but right. I You know, I can't remember for sure if they did or not. I want to say they did.
0: They might have. I don't recall. I definitely know they did for Xbox 360, but I don't recall the original Duke. Um, but anyway, um, so t- the point of what I'm making about that is that Sony was very much on that bleeding edge of controller technology in terms of experimenting with new things. And then they just kind of rested on their laurels for a a few cycles. Like they had little things that they would add, but there were never really any kind of like huge um, advancements. And I'm very excited that actually with the PS five controller, they have once again, really put a lot of time and effort into this controller because um, if I, I guess I could start with like, like aesthetically speaking, I think this, this is a really cool looking controller. I I like the, the dual tone of the, the white and the black, um, throughout the controller. The, uh, the types of, of, uh, surface textures is nice. If like the, the top portion of the controller is more smooth versus the underbelly, which has more of a coarser feel, uh, which I think actually works nicely with like, if your hands start to sweat, I think it helps to with the, with the gripping of the controller, the D pad and the, the actual buttons, they look really sharp. They have that transparent plastic, so you can see like the, the, the arrow icons or the, the triangle square, or the circle and the, and the cross on there, um, which I think is great. It has a, and it actually, as the light enters into those spaces, it really is aesthetically pleasing. So I think that's really cool. One of the things I think is a bit of a bummer is that the thumbsticks themselves are still in that same place that we've all come to know about Sony controllers, which I, I mean, it always causes me to get uh, muscle cramps in the lower part of my thumb muscle and, um, you know, I think I think that's where Microsoft has continued to be king is that they really nailed the placement of the thumbsticks on their controller. I think it is the most natural feeling placement, um, and so that that is one of the very few items of um, critique that I have for this particular um, controller. Now, what's nice is that they've also continued that that kind of LED glow light thing from what I was describing with the PS Five. They have that also in the controller, so. Um, just within the slits on either side, you'll have the the PlayStation blue glow that comes through. And then based on what game you're playing, like for instance, um, using the same example from Marvel's Avengers, as I'm playing as Miss Marvel, those slits then change color to that gold color, which is really nice. Also, they have a mute button on the, the controller itself. So if you have a headset on, you can do it. It illuminates. It's really easy to tell if you are muted or not. Um, and then, yeah, overall, I mean, I just, I, I really appreciate the the visual look of it. Now, the star of the controller itself has to be the engineering of it. This is really cool. Steve actually got some time on this. So there are multiple things. First of all, the triggers on the, uh, on the controller itself are much more like Xbox in the sense that it has that feathering kind of feel. It's not as, like... Insta press as some of the older PlayStation controllers used, you know, that they, they would have that. And I always felt like the Xbox controller was better in the sense of like, you know, when when you would play like a racing game, for instance, you could really press down on on like the right trigger to accelerate. And you would feel almost like a gas pedal type of experience. And the PlayStation didn't have as good of a, of a feel when it comes, when it comes to that. However, I can, I can now say with the PS five, they do in fact have that. Also, what's really neat is they have some sort of technology within the triggers where you can have the feathering go down, like say 50% or 75% of the of the way down. And then um, through the, the software, it can trigger the the trigger itself to all of a sudden have a secondary function. So like when you're when you're feathering, like say halfway down, you can then press down further and it becomes like a, a thumbstick click. But it's within the triggers. And it's really cool in terms of like just thinking about how gaming um, can actually leverage this and and make for some you know additional types of, of functionality within our games because obviously we are at the point where if they continue adding more and more buttons in the traditional spots of the controller, it's going to overwhelm the user that you really can't add that much more on there in terms of like your, your go-to active button. So it's neat that they're, they're getting innovative with what is already there. And so that, that was really cool. The other thing is, is that they're taking much more aggressive technology with the motion control of the controller Steve, why don't you talk a little bit about your experiences with that?
2: So it seems like they have a somewhat of a gyro sensor that's in the controller itself. Gyro sensor, and and no, if people don't know what that is, it's basically it's a sensor that that understands movement. So the the common way to understand it is if you're looking at a picture on your cell phone um, vertically, and you go, oh, let me just you know turn it to the side so you can see it via landscape. And then and the phone knows it's been turned to the side, and so it adjusts the picture automatically uh, without you having to tell the phone or, you know, command it to do so. Uh, it's a gyro sensor. And so the the gyro sensor and the controller knows, like, if you're tilting the controller left um, or right and how much you're doing so. So it's not, you know, if you're just tilting it a little bit to the left, whether you're going to get a full motion or a full... Um, uh, you know, it's all or nothing kind of deal. Like it'll, it knows it's being tilted a little bit versus a lot. Same thing with like you know forward and back and up and down. Like the controller knows um, what kind of axis it's on. It, in a sense, uh, I think the the most <laughs> the, the thing they, they they do in the beginning where they have this little kind of just goofy game where you walk around um, collecting little coins and stuff. Um,
0: Astros Playroom.
2: Astros Playroom. Um, I think that was really cool. In that you know when you, you get into this little spring loaded deal and you're jumping around and you have to make certain jumps at certain angles and you have to tilt the control it makes you tilt the controller so that you jump at a at a certain arc to get to the next pad uh, platform game style uh, but anyhow I don't know how that's gonna go into you know other kind of games but I thought that was pretty interesting there's a there's a, there's a sequence when a bunch of these little creatures virtually jump into the controller itself. And Sony has, of course, a little speaker in there that you can kind of hear them um, (laughs) falling over each other and making a bunch of noise and whatnot. And if you tilt the controller one way or the other, the, the haptic feedback inside the controller, you can feel them like falling over each other. It's like a little, like beans in a bean bag in a sense Yeah, uh, where they would go, they would fall over each other and all pile to their left. Or you, you would tilt it that way and you would feel them transfer from the left to the right <laughs> over there. Awesome. So I um, mean that's definitely a way that, that the controller has an up on the Xbox controller, both in terms of uh, the haptic feedback, at least so far. And uh, also with that touch pad on the top, looks like they've improved that as, as well. Um, it's not so much of a um, a finger touch D-pad anymore, like with Ghost of Tsushima, where it only has, you know, up, down, left, right, or push in functions, but you can actually draw on the thing. Um, kind of like uh, on on some of the, on your iPhone, in a sense, or like your Apple Watch, you can kind of, you know, draw on it, like a little happy face or a heart or whatever. So that might be some functions we'll see later on in games. But as far as the look, I wanted to say, like, I didn't tell you this, Russ, when I was over, but... The first thing I thought of when I got the controller in my hand, you're like, oh, here you go. Why don't you think of this, Steve? I'm like, over thanks, you. Looking over at you on the couch like, when's it going to be my turn? Yeah, um, you had that, that
0: doe, <laughs> de- like fawn deer in the headlights oh, kind man.
2: of. Can I hold it? Yeah, <laughs> can I touch it once? Um, the first thing I thought of was, uh, do you remember the robot uh, that Honda made called... Asimo? Uh, yes, actually I do. That yeah. is the first thing I thought of. I looked at that controller dead on and thought, it is a controller and I'm naming it Asimo.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> as the, just like the black, you know, the mostly white with the black kind of trim in a way. It looked just like him.
0: That's funny. I, I It does make sense. I'm looking at the controller as you describe that. I could totally see that. Um, I actually made a comment to Steve about how the, the Astro character as well as, as some of the, the PS five aesthetics. Um, it re- reminds me of Eva from, uh, wall totally. And, and, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. I, I think it's, it was actually a pretty smart move by, by Sony to do that. Um, but yeah, to, to sum up what Steve was talking about with regards to the haptic feature. So that is another feature I'm telling you, Nick is legit. I'm telling all our listeners out there as well. We've been enjoying the vibration feature in mini games across both systems for years. And this is, I can tell you the next evolutionary step when it comes to a next generation experience with regards to this feature. And I, I, I tip my hat to Sony in this sense because of the fact that it once again shows that they are revisiting things that have been established already that we've come to know and enjoy. And instead of just like checking that off the list and go, okay, now what else can we do? They're actually going back and saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, what if we did this, this, and that to the triggers? What if we did this, this, and that with regards to like the haptic feedback of the controller? And there have been several instances as I'm playing through, like for instance, like Astro's Playroom, for example, where they, you know, the the game itself is more of a tech demo. It's designed to show off like what your PS five is capable of. And so there are many um, opportunities throughout where they showcase how the controller can be leveraged to feel certain things. So like there would be like wind that would come up and all of a sudden I would only feel like this windy feeling on the left side of my controller. And it legit felt like wind or like, um, as I'm running around as the character, The the controller itself would have certain types of haptic feedback where it felt like the the footsteps that the robot was running was, was being felt in my controller. And that feeling, the haptic feeling, would update in real time based off of the surfaces that I ran on. So if I was in tall brush versus some sort of glass versus wood versus metal, whatever it is, it felt correct. In terms of the haptic feedback, which was really neat, not to mention the the speaker that you know, the speaker part of the controller is nothing new. That that was part of the PS4, but seeing it revamped again on the PS5, once again, it almost feels as though what is happening on screen is almost just flowing up into your controller and coming out of the screen. In that regard, so I, I for one really appreciate that, um, and I, I can honestly say I'm I'm very impressed with. The controller itself. One last little comment about about the controller for the PS5 is I'm so relieved that they decided to go more the way of the Xbox design. So when you when you're holding it, the 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 overall ergonomics of the PS5 controller is very similar to what we've been used to with like the Xbox One and probably with the Xbox Series X. the uh, the one thing, like I said, is that the thumbsticks still remain in the same place, which I wish they would have changed up a bit. But other than that, I mean, this is this really is a finely engineered controller, and it makes me excited to see how game developers take advantage of it in future games because this this was really impressive. And I'll, I'll talk more um, a bit more about some of this stuff when we get to the game portion,
2: real quick. Well, I think I think you're you're forgetting one thing too. Is that it's not just haptic feedback in the controller too but it's on both sides so you're feeling it and you know equally or whatever is happening in the game on 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 both palms so if the little if the little guy is in that that tech demo is running the, with the left foot right foot left foot right foot whatever right. steps he's making you'll feel the left portion of the controller tap if he's on a hard surface when he's making a left step, and then you'll feel the right portion of the controller tap when he's making a right step. So when he's running or walking, it's tap, 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 tap versus tap, 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 left, right, left, right. Right. Real quick, uh,
1: one other thing about the Xbox controller I almost forgot. They changed the, the digital pad. So instead of just being the traditional cross that you're accustomed to, it's the round disc style that oh, okay. uh, the Elite comes with as a an attachment because you can, on the Elite controller, you can take off the cross and then you can put on the settlement. It's more of a kind of like hexagonal round disc deal. And so it's kind of a hybrid version of that, that for people who enjoy uh, fighting games, but don't necessarily want a, a fighting stick, if you're trying to do your, you know, your, your down diagonal down forward to f- launch a fireball in Street Fighter, this is going to feel really good. That is the one other change they did make to the controller that is a little bit different. But as far as like comparatively to the PS5, yeah, they didn't come close to trying to push this into a, a, a new generation of, of controller. It's pretty much more the same.
0: That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week when we continue where we left off regarding the PS5 and Xbox Series X hands-on impressions. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also you can follow us on social media and YouTube just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9:30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you all next week.